Welcome to the underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. Okay, what's the name of the diner? Uh, Tom's Ham and Eggery. They're pancakes. Oh my god. Really? That's all I gotta say. Like, you would want to eat it for dinner like I have. Like, I go in there and had breakfast for dinner. You could have breakfast all day long. Love it. It's incredible. In Westbury. It's in Westbury, yeah. Okay. Well, Westbury, call, call place, because Long Island, a lot of the towns border each other. Yeah. So, like... One block you could be in Westbury, the next block you could be in Garden City, another block you could be in Carl Place. Okay. It's very, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait, I think I can find the name of the place that I was taken to. Hold on, I think my friend put a picture up. It was so freaking good. Yeah. What levels? Slightly closer to the mic. I'm just, okay. Just moving in. Ah. You just do a little more talking before you actually do the intro so I can... Yeah, that's cool. Hildenbrandt's. Have Hilden you heard Brands? of it? What is it? Is it a restaurant? It's an old dine... See, like, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? That's in Long Island. Where? I don't know. I'm going to find out. <laughs> Hildenbrandt's. That's the place in... Um, Hildenbrandt's? Do you know it? Yeah, it's in Williston Park. That's Williston Park. Oh. That was in uh, the... Uh, what, what's that movie? The Irishman. Oh, was it? Really? Yeah. yeah oh, so you've been here. I haven't been there. Okay. It, it's amazing. Right down. Hildenbrands. I'm going to turn on the air, actually. Hold on. Oh, my God. East Williston Park. That's pretty close to me. Probably like 20 minutes from me. Oh, you must go. It's like a proper like soda fountain. What? Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, okay, yeah. It's okay. like I was the happiest person ever when we went there. That's I was like, so I just great. I just hang out in diners on Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great place to eat. And it's not as expensive as eating like Brooklyn or the Burroughs. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You get good food, like old style, you know. Yep. Booths and. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to sing. <laughs> Level 46 of My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. And you could subscribe any podcast platform you got Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. You can follow me Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. It's Peter underscore A. Follow the show as well. At MLU Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as well. And I have a radio personality, music lover, record collector extraordinaire, the host of Sophisticated Boom Boom, WFMU Fridays, 3 to 6 p.m. She would be. So psyched to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I'm so happy that you're here. I can sense your enthusiasm for what you do. And yes! I, I, sh I share that. So we're, you know, kindred spirits. Oh, here. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm like, Yo, she loves what she's doing. I love you know what, I mean? what I do. Yeah, yeah. You just you're just playing music and just talking about it. it's like it's exhilarating because I've done what you've you've done before. It's mm. just whatever's going on in your life, it does not matter because it's it's all about what the record that you're gonna play next. That's the stresses that you have. You know what I mean? Exactly. What what are you gonna play next? <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, but I want to talk about you a little bit before we dig into your show okay. and, and, and some other things that I've always wanted to ask you about pop music in general. Yeah. Um, you were an A&R at Xenomania? Yeah, What's Xenomania. That? Xenomania, okay. What so, is that? So when I, I moved to the UK for the second time yes. in 2007 and there was a production company called Xenomania and they were writing the music and producing the music for two of the top girl bands based in the UK. One is Girls Aloud, the other is Sugar Babes. And the head of the company actually got his start 
by writing Believe for Cher. What? <laughs> yeah. So that was like his in. So that became like the mega selling record of God knows, you know, forever. And so he started this company and brought in writers and, you know, I mean, lyricists, melody writers, engineers, the whole works. And we were based in this old, like ancient house, like 45 minutes outside of London. So I commuted to the countryside of England for my job. And so he decided that he wanted to like build a whole new roster of acts. And so I was brought in to kind of put together a girl group to find a rock band. You know, it was really like the most unbelievable job. Like, Sheila, go around the world and find artists. Bring them here and we will write the music and produce the music for them. So that's what I did for about three and a half years. What what groups did you put together? Well, or discover, this is whatever. the thing. Yeah. So we, we put together quite a big roster and only really one of them saw the light of day. And that was a group called Mini Viva, who started as a girl group, four members, whittled down to a duo. And they released a record in 2009 called Left My Heart in Tokyo. And that became a top 10 um, hit Europe wide. And so we were that was like that was it. We had like found our group. We put them together. It all worked out. Mega hit. And then the whole thing imploded. And then I left. <laughs> and I won't go into the dirty details. Okay. But it was it was bad. And I was like, get me out of this place, you know. And you spent some time in Japan, yes. too, right? Yeah, before that, yeah. I had moved to Tokyo in 2003. And I moved because I studied Japanese in college. I'm like, I love Japanese music. It's like my heart gets like expands when I hear Japanese music. And so I wanted to learn the language. And then I moved there to, you know, get better at the language, to work and to find old school Japanese records, which is what I spent most of my time doing. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you're a crates digger, crates digger. Big time. Oh, my God. I, I picked up that habit like at age 18 and have not stopped. And I'm, yeah. you know, it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You worked for MTV Japan as a Yeah, columnist? I was doing a columnist, okay. a column for them once a month about, but that's when I came back to the U.S. And so I was writing about what was happening in like the New York um, kind of live music scene and, you know, what was, you know, what bands I kind of recommended from, you know, my apartment in Brooklyn. Oh. Yeah, and then, then they would. So I would write it in like kind of Jap the best Japanese I could, and they would fix it a little bit. I could, but I think they liked the idea that like a Japanese, you know, speaker and writer could kind of write a column in their language right. about American music. Do you know the band Treecot? Yeah, I do, and oh, I've actually God. just get, been get listening to them a little bit lately. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, they're, they're so cool. I think they're putting out a new album. Yeah, this year. Th that's where I think that's where yeah. I like picked up on them. That they have such a unique sound, mm. you know, mixing like math rock and yeah. some pop together. I love that. Yeah. It's great. It's funny you mentioned them. I think it was like last week that they maybe released a new single. I was like, let me listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know about Caro Caro Bonito? Mm. I love Caro Caro Bonito. Oh, <laughs> they too. are brilliant. Yes. You know, I was I had a weird experience with them though cuz I love them on record and when I went to London a couple of years ago, I saw them live and it was like a metal show and not in a good way because I love metal and I actually left the gig. I'm like, this is not the Caro Caro Bonito I know and love. It was like super thrashy and just it wasn't like those great pop songs that I had remembered. And then their new album came out. I was like, oh, I get it. Like some of these songs are like that, but then they, you know, retain their pop element on, on the rest of the record. So anyway, I think just Bonito decided. Generation is a brilliant album. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. Those I love, melodies. Yes. Uh, like Fishbowl. Yeah. But it's only like a minute long. It's so <laughs> beautiful. It's so great. And they're doing pretty well. I mean, they're selling yeah. out when they come to the U.S. So, yeah, it's like pure J-pop fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like some of their, their newer singles that they just put out recently yeah. has less of that brightness it and does. silliness and quirkiness. 
that uh, I love, but you know, I'm all about artist evolution. So I'm gonna before I analyze, I want to see what they're where they're going. Yeah, and then we judge from afar. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I, thank you for saying artist evolution because I talk about this a lot. You know, the idea there's so many people that want their bands to stay the same, and how yeah. and just how I think vital it is for anybody creative just to keep moving because that's what life is, right? It's constant change, and if you don't embrace that, I feel like there's just stagnation. And yes. although we like, you know, I wish certain bands had made like the same record that you know I know and love, but I. Like, say, Caro Caro Bonito, I really love the idea that they're writing now songs about climate change. I mean, writing kind of dark, new-agey pop songs to about climate change. That's so different from where they started. So, evolution, yes. Yeah. And I think on their last album, they kind of, they went in a different direction that was, like, moody and kind mm. of just uh, under, not underwhelming in a bad way, just, not just right in your face and yeah. boom, bombastic. Yeah. But uh, I really like that. But mm. at first, when I first heard it, it was like, okay, this is kind of, like, not what I'm used to, but I appreciate what they were doing. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, again, I'm just I'm very excited to see um, what they have next. Me too. So, like, in your travels mm. internationally, what are you noticing from like a music culture standpoint from different countries. Does that make any sense? Like from how people listen to music or going to shows in mm. Tokyo or in in the UK? What are you noticing? What, what sticks out to you? What sticks out to me? Um You know, I guess when I was growing up, we were we were kind of confined to what we knew and liked. And now that everything is so vast and like you can just pick from the past and the present and from multi-genres. So I feel like there's there, the blending is just everywhere and there's no fun, there's no like boxes that we used to put ourselves in, you know, like younger people growing up now are not like, well, I'm just I'm a punk fan. So I would never listen to, you know, um, Billie Eilish. Do you know what I mean? Now I feel like all of those things are just gone. All the borders are gone. It's kind of a free for all, which I think is good. Um, and so I think everyone's just mixing and matching in ways that they haven't done before. But I think it's also been around for a while. I mean, that idea. So I don't. What have I noticed? I mean, can you be more specific? Because it's kind of broad. And yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. So, for example, let's say you go to a concert in New York mm -hmm. and you go to a concert in Tokyo. Mm. What are you noticing about how the, the people are reacting to the music? Because usually the stereotype of, of New York now is. Mm. Everyone just stands still and just kind of just applauds lightly. Yeah. But when you you've been you know yeah. to different countries, what are you seeing over there? Well, in in Tokyo, people just go nuts. Yeah. You know, and I just I love the enthusiasm. That's why actually I feel that I moved to London and Tokyo specifically because those are to me are the music are music capitals. Those are places of such deep appreciation for our artistry in a way that. I don't think, I mean, New York, no, New York has it too, but say outside of New York, those are the two places. Just complete adoration, waiting outside to meet the bands. You know, in, in Tokyo, especially, there are a lot of, um, when I was, you know, seeing these J-pop artists, there were certain hand motions that people would do, which was really cool. So, like, in a certain song, like, everyone would kind of, like, twist their hand together, you know, at the artist, so it kind of uniform, which... Part of it's amazing, and then there's another part of it's a bit frightening. It's a little bit like, you know, listen to the leader and do that whatever they say, you know, <laughs> like certain hand motions. You're like, whoa. Um, but here's another thing that I'm noticing in New York is the amount of international bands that are touring and doing so well. Like I went to see this band, L'Emperatrice, who I loved. I saw them last May at uh, Elsewhere in Brooklyn. The two sold out shows. I mean, no one's heard of L'Emperatrice, you know. Thankfully, because of Spotify and things like that, you know, they're it's kind of, you know getting over to our part of the world, and people were losing their friggin' minds. The last time I saw 
like a crowd losing their minds, I kid you not, was in sync at Nassau Coliseum because I used to follow Britney and NSYNC and Backstreet Boys because I love all the Swedish writers behind those bands. And I couldn't even hear NSYNC because the girls were screaming so loud. At L'Imperatrice at elsewhere last summer, people were screaming so loud that I couldn't even friggin' hear the band. So I think enthusiasm is like really high. I think that, you know, openness to music that's not in English. I think all of those things are like so are so are current and wonderful right now. So, you know, when you're going to uh, these shows like, you know, in in London or uh, Tokyo and Japan, like like you said, people are losing their minds and going crazy. So, what are you noticing about like some of some of the people that you might have met at at the shows? You know what I mean. Mm. You know what I mean. Is there anything different? Because when I go to a show in, in New York, sometimes either people have nothing to say to you, have everything to say to you. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I've only been to shows here, so I right. don't know how people are. How people are. You know. The, the people, the fans are yeah. acting. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you can, I feel it depends on who you are as a person. If you're somebody mm-hmm. that can strike up conversations with those around you and enthuse about what, you, what you're about to see, then everyone will will chat. I mean, in Tokyo, I would have chats with people next to me like, I can't believe I'm seeing Chara live. And they'd be like, you've never seen her live. I was like, this is my first time. And they're like, how do you know her? Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, say in London, it's the same thing. You're just kind of chatting about the bands. And another thing I'm noticing is also like, a real variety in eight in ages, like uh. in, in the crowd. Like, say, I went to see this band that I loved from originally from Australia, now based in London, called Geowolf. Really, like perfect pop song. So I saw them at Mercury Lounge and the crowd was like so diverse. I mean, there was like kids that were wasted and like screaming how much they love the band. Then there was a guy that looked like he was like in his 80s who was at the front with his camera. And I was talking to all the people around me and we were all, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, I found them on Spotify or they were in a Corona commercial. And, you know, I know. Right. So so it's just I think it's really easy to chat with people when you have this shared love, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what music does. So that's why I, I almost never worry about getting older and life because I will always have this. And like wherever we go in the world, you will, you know, and you go and see a band, you will find your people. You yeah. Know? Isn't that comforting? Yes, it is. It's very, very comforting. <laughs> yeah. You went to see um, that show at Elsewhere. Was it The Hall or Zone One? Where was the it? Main, the main. Yeah. Yeah, I love elsewhere. It's beautiful. And also has a little bit of a slope, so wherever you watch from, you can see. Yeah. That's why I like it. Yeah. I think they um they used to be the last time I went there, there used to be this like kind of this barrier of sorts mm. where people can, you know, go away from like the main floor. Right. I think right. they knocked that out. Ah, so yeah, it's 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 much it's just wider. It's so wide open yeah. and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they do a good job. Have you ever been to the show on the rooftop? I have, yeah. That's really nice. Amazing. But all the bands I want to see are playing in the main space, so it's like more bands I want to see when I want them to play on the roof. It's like a music mall elsewhere because there's so many different shows happening at the same time. So great, yeah. Yeah. I went to see Sir Baby Girl at at the rooftop. I don't know Sir Baby Girl. Oh, you would love Sir Baby Girl. Really? Oh my God. Okay. Yes, Yes, you will. Yeah. Okay, I got to write this down after. Oh my (laughs) God. Her pops, she makes makes the most beautiful pop songs. Really? Oh man. Yeah, she, right. former guest on the show. She was amazing. Okay, good to know. And she sold it out too. Mm. She gets all not just the you know she has a lot of LGBTQ fans yeah. too. All those people came out and just everyone in between. It was just an amazing experience <sighs> to see live and and talk to. Her. She was amazing too. Right. I um, love when you when you go to a show and it's like all types of people. Like yeah. the, like the more yeah. diverse the better. I just feel so at home with just like everybody. <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. At home. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
um, record stores. Mm-hmm. So uh, in your travels internationally, um, what are some of like the best record stores you've you've been to? London, Japan. Or here in the States. I mean, sadly, all of my favorite record stores are gone. You know, that is the tragedy of what has happened. I mean, that's just, you know, that was eBay and Discogs that put a lot of them to bed. I know in New York, a lot, you know, new record stores keep popping up, which is a beautiful thing. But there was a record store outside of, um, just outside of Tokyo. I'd take a train there. It's like 45 minutes into the suburbs, like next to a McDonald's. It's like tiny little like hole in the wall just dedicated to Japanese female pop artists. Are you serious? I'm like, how specialized can this get? And like, how is there a record store like in the suburbs of Tokyo made for me? I spent hours there and I was just so blissed out and so happy. It was a joy. And I found so many of my best records there. Then in another place where I lived in in, in Tokyo, in Nishi Shinjuku, which is one of like a main hub, there was a record store called Baby Pop, which is like on the fifth floor of a business you know, building. And that was dedicated to French pop. So it's like, it's such a weird thing. Stereo lab. <laughs> right. So, so the amazing thing about Tokyo and the record shops is like they're not, on, they're not storefronts necessarily. You have to go into like say a 20-floor building. You go to the 15th floor. There's like, you know, 10 different offices on each floor. And in one of those offices, you open the door and it's a record shop. Oh, so that shit. just that experience is so fun because it's like not what we know, right? We're used to a storefront record shop. So I love that about Tokyo. So Baby Pop, this special, Japan, um, you know, female Japanese store in London. There was a place in Croydon, again, right outside of London, uh, called Beano's, which was like four floors. And they had like every hit single you could ever want, right? So if you're a DJ and you're like, I need to get like a Janet Jackson, you know, top, you know, you know, what have you done for me lately, right? I need that on 45, like tonight. You can go to Beano's and like get that. And then they also had really specialized stuff. And there was this older man there who looked like a wizard because he had this really long white <laughs> beard and he was kind of intimidating and he was very cool, like a man of few words. And he would just stand behind the counter and he was the one that like presided over the like the rare 45 boxes. So I'd be like, sir, can I please see your 60s British girl singer boxes? And he'd like look at me, turn around, get these big metal boxes, bring them out for me. And I would find like the best rare 45. So that's another spot that was like, you know, very dear to my heart in my formative years. So I want to dig inside your record collection. Yeah. So what is the the rarest record in your collection? Mm. Oh, goodness me. I sound so British. Saying well, I have a record by a Turkish teenager who grew up in Israel, and it's called. It's, her name is Grazia, and she released um, a record in the late '70s that her fa- her father basically put her in the studio and made this amazing psychedelic funk disco record. And when I went to Israel, I was a, f- a friend of mine. We were in this tiny record shop. Israel has some great record stores, by the way. Wow. And so in this tiny record shop, and my friend is flipping through this, and he's like, Sheila, I think you would like this. He pulls up the Grazia record. I'm like, that's the Grazia record. So I'm like freaking out. And it's of course, it's very expensive. I mean, I think it was like $400. I don't usually don't pay that much wow. money for one record. Um, 
And I said, and I said, will you keep it for me? Can I just sleep on it? Because I'm going to have to spend this much money on a record. I really need to like know if that like this is the right thing. <laughs> so I went home. I went back to our like Airbnb, like slept on it, couldn't sleep because I was like, I have to get it. Went back the next day. And now that is like the prized record in my collection. So that record and a record by uh, Brunetta, an Italian singer called Baluba Shake. It's a 45 that I won on eBay. And that's a very hard to find record. So, yeah. What is the oldest record in your collection? As in, like, when it was made or, like, when I got it? Like, like, like I've had it for the longest or, like, when it – like, what, what do you mean, like, oldest? Both. 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 Okay. I guess, I guess the oldest record for me, I mean, that has been with me forever was probably – I think probably my – probably Michael Jackson's Thriller because I got that wow. when it came out. I have my, it, too. It's, you know, and it's like – uh, yeah, putting my hands up in the air to worship the ground that that record was made on. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that's been with me the longest. And just just a side note to uh, to thank my amazing parents who, at the age I think when that record came out, I was like six. They took me to see Michael Jackson at Madison Square Garden, what? so I saw the Thriller tour. <gasps> so yeah, okay, so that's that's been with me the longest, right? Um, Though, I mean, I don't really, ha- I don't have any 78s because I'm not a 78s collector. So I think maybe something from like the late 50s is probably the oldest because, yeah. Because if you're a 78 collector, you can go back to like the 30s, 20s, 30s, but I don't have any of that stuff. That's on like shellac. On right? shellac, yeah. yeah. I've been tempted to move into that arena, but I thought if I start collecting 78s, like forget about it. Like I'm already have like the obsessive compulsive collection addiction that 78 collecting will just make it worse and it will put me in an even stranger category, you right. know? Because for- collecting 45s, like say like 20 years ago, it was cool. Now, like, you know, say people in their like teens and 20s like look at a 45 and they think it's like ancient. <laughs> so like 78s are even more ancient. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about your show, mm-hmm. Sophisticated Happily. Boom Boom. Yes. So um, how did you begin that? How long have you been doing it? I've been doing it for almost, oh my God, is it almost five years now? Yeah. Five years? Yeah. I started in May of 2015. I came to it very fortunately. I had no, you know, I've always grown up with the idea that everyone else can do amazing things and I can't, right? That's just been my way. Like radio, I could never get into radio being, writing music. I could never write music. Like that's for other people. Like that's too you know, amazing for me. It's a very weird thing to have. So I was always the enthusiast, enthusiast, like of championing artists. And and so, you know, collecting the records. And then I got an email from uh, the former music director at FMU saying, listen, we're, we're opening ourselves up to new DJs potentially. We know that you're a you know big record collector and champion of music. Would you be interested in making a demo? And I'm like, radio? Me? I've never done radio. I don't think I could, you know, I'm not sure, but Sure, I'll give it a try, whatever, you know, always thinking I could never do this. And then did the demo and got approved for a 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. show, which was unbelievable. And I I thought, I can sit here for three hours and play my favorite records for, like, those out there? Like, wow. And that that's it. I, I mean, I feel like it is the greatest privilege. I feel like I'm going to, like, the Church of Music every week and... And finding a way to connect people um, to these sounds that have really like changed my life in the most beautiful of ways. Do you ever feel hindered by FCC regulations when you're playing records? I mean, I if there you know, sometimes there will be songs with a chorus that will 
Oh, I can say the word here, right? Say Yay! You want. Yeah. Liz Fair's "Fucking Run." I love that record. "Fucking Run" is one of my favorite records. I can't play "Fucking Run" on my show because it's "Fucking Run," "Fucking Run" on the in the chorus. <laughs> so there, yeah, I feel hindered that I can't play my favorite Liz Fair track. Um, but say most songs that I play, you know, because I, I I'm dealing with pop music where it's not like filled with curse words. Um, I don't have an issue because, you know, say like a Lizzo record will have like shit in it and I can just put a little like twinkling sound over shit and then, you know, be okay. Be okay. So, no, that's, you know, I'm fortunate to not be a total hip hop head because otherwise that would be very limiting and that would be sad. Yep. Yeah. It was painful for me. Yeah. It was painful to yeah. do that. Uh, even some like you know some indie rock records like damn it why do you have to say that now I can't play this but this record is amazing right you know what I mean there's yeah. no like I was when I was doing radio like I was always finding you know I was always playing some stuff that was like service to me and I would get like FCC clean stuff mm. but then there'll be this obscure song over here no radio edits not service through radio nothing like that but it's like a really great song but yeah. I can't play it because I mean I can play it but I don't want to spend four or five hours editing all these songs just to play it for you know what I mean I know it's so sad it's a drag I mean like Lana Del Rey's record which I just you know I got the radio clean versions it's like it's it's just like bleeped out and like the song makes no sense you know it's just really sad yeah <laughs> yeah it is it's like I don't know. I mean, that whole idea is so bizarre, you know, that yep. we can show so much violence, yet, like, fuck is like, ah! <laughs> or like Janet Jackson's boob, like, oh my, oh God, my God, the horror. I was listening to a podcast about with uh, yeah. Artie Lang from the Howard Stern Show. Right. And he was talking about when that happened, CBS was like under fire from the FCC <sighs> and they tried to, like, it changed everything. It's so awful. Oh my God. It is Just so stupid. Woman's boob. I That's know. It. It's like, yeah, and then you think of what else is on, you know, gets shown all the time. It's like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, anything like that's really like about life and, you know, I don't know, natural, like we're so afraid of, but like violence and well, violence is natural too, I guess. But, you know, it's just a very odd world that we live in, the, yeah. the kind of prudishness. But it, it goes back to, you know, religion and there is the prudishness is still with us and as it is in many societies, you know, like you know, I don't know, like raunch and like porn is somehow okay, but like, you know, talking like a, a boob, like natural, you know, is like, you know. Yeah. And that's a whole other topic. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole other podcast. But the Megan Thee Stallion album I wanted to play on my show, and then it's just like, the clean versions are just so, oh, yeah. you know. I heard a, a new song she did with Normani, mm. Diamonds for the Oh yeah, I just listened movie. to that too. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was really, really good. good. Yeah. She put out another song too. It's called uh, Bitch, I think. Okay. It was cool, but it, not as good as Diamonds, but right. it was fine. Yeah. Bitch, I, I can say on my show. Yeah, I think bitch, that's one of the... Bitch, ass, those are all fine, mm -hmm. right? It's really like fucking shit. Yeah, that was... Uh, and you can't safe talk... Safe harbor words. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. you can't talk about like defecation and stuff, I think. Right? I think that's the, the rule. Something like that. Like, I couldn't be like, I'm going to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll get fined. No, but that. I think that's like, that's like not consider. That's something that's like banned. I think. I can't remember the exact details. I think if you say like, I'm going to whip out my penis and right. start peeing, I think that's bad. Oh, I see. But okay. just saying, oh, I have to go pee. I don't, I don't oh, that's, that's that. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. Because it's not like obscene. 
Right, 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 right. That's true. Pete. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we're discussing the finite details, the FCC. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Liz Fair, I've been listening to Supernova on Mm. repeat. I love that tune so much. Yeah, I mean, I don't know her. It's really that first record, Exile in Guyville, that I was obsessed with. But I just bought her book, Horror Stories. Really? That must be interesting. Yeah, so I'm excited to start reading it. Yeah. Yeah. She was so, um, she didn't care. No. She did not care. Like, she was. She would talk about her sex life openly. Yeah. And the supernova is about, you know, fantasizing about having sex with a dude. And it's, right. it's great. I love it. <laughs> you know, I think it's very entertaining. Yeah, she's very herself. Yeah. Um, so, again, about your show, do yeah. you ever feel, um, like, pigeonholed about what you're doing on your show? Like, the style of music you're playing? Or uh, do you ever feel like you're not playing enough of something? Or... You're you're kind of falling into uh, monotony. Do you ever feel that way? I'm always worried about that, actually. Okay. Yeah, and I'm and I check that because, you know, my tagline for my show is female fronted pop music from the past, present, and future, and all over the globe, and the occasional man. Love that. And so that you know, line. all over the globe implies that I'm really going to go all all over. And I when I started the show, I was I favored the countries that I do favor naturally, which is Japan, France, U.S., U.K. And um, and then it started to be really apparent to me that, you know, I can only do a three hour show once a week on this kind of stuff for so long. I'm going to get bored. So, like, let me start learning more. So it was a real tool to, like, dig into places that I hadn't dig in and like, dug into fully. So say, like, you know, you know, a lot of stuff from my Nigeria, which I liked, but I never explored in the way that I explore now or stuff from the Middle East or stuff from Mexico, you know. A listener actually kind of insulted me on my comments board and said, like, you know, you're this show, like you you claim to be so international, but like, I don't hear I hear very few Latin artists on your show. And I thought, oh, that's so great that he 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 kind of lashed out at me in that way. Like it hurt, you know, because you don't want to be insulted. But and it was kind of said in a meaner tone. But I said, he's absolutely right. Like, I need to explore more Latin music. And and opened me up to one of my favorite artists, who is Natalia Laforcade, this Mexican singer. And I was like, thank God for this, you know. So I always want to make sure that I'm touching upon places, as many places as I can. So when I come in with, a, the a, like, the more diverse, the better. The more countries I'm touching upon, the better. The more styles I'm touching upon, the better. But I also always stay within what I think is good. So, say, so I'm not a big country fan. I've never been. And so I'm not, you're not going to hear a lot of country music on Sophisticated Boom Boom because it's just, I, I can only be true to what I enjoy. That's what my show is. It's not about you know, representing everything because it, ha- it has to come through. Ha- I'm the filter here, you know. So so there are a lot of genres that's like or say like, you know, a lot of like modern female hip hop I don't play because I don't know a lot about it and I don't love it. But say like, you know, MC Light and, you know, Queen Latifah, like I love. So you'll hear that on my show. So there will be certain pockets of things that you that I don't play a lot of or say like a lot of like ambient stuff there's a lot of female composers making ambient music but melody is so important to me and vocal melodies so if it's going to be instrumental I'm not going to be likely to be giving it a big platform but within what I like I'm very strict about bringing in as much as diversity as possible I think there's a few uh female hip-hop artists I think you would love okay Do you I know would... Rhapsody no oh. okay see no. I would Educate me. I mean, I'm so always open to hearing things that I don't, you know, because I guess, you know, say like MC Light and Queen Latifah and, um, you know, Roxanne Shantae, there was such a cheekiness to it. And it was really 
Um, and I and there was always like these great kind of mel- melodic musical things going on in the background. And I guess what I feel like some of like the more current stuff, it's just a little too raunchy and in your face. Like there's not a lot of room for subtlety. So I love like this, you know, not not in hip hop, but say in R and B, like Aaliyah. Like I loved her because there was so much space and so much subtlety and so much like sexiness that was so laid back. And I feel like I I want that laid back stuff. Everything right now is really like. Pam, like take that, you know. And I'm like, whoa. whoa. Even, even like Megan yeah. the Stallion is so like fascinating and brilliant, but she's just like she just like takes you and like punches you with what she does. And to me, it's just a little bit too much. Yeah, you know. Do you um? Well, speaking of Rhapsody, she yeah. wrote a song about Aaliyah, and it's mm. amazing. It's oh my god, okay, amazing. It'll yeah, shivers down your spine. Okay, um, check Rhapsody. What was the other one? The bait, the bait, sir, uh, sir, baby girl, sir, baby girl. Okay, yeah. Um, and then there's Jean Grey. You know Jean Grey? I do, and I don't love her. I love Jean Grey. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, it's just not, it's not melodic enough for me. It's, it's, I get it as like a wordsmith. And she can sing too. Yeah, I know. She I did, did it, it didn't click for me. She did an album with her uh, fiance last year called that's Everything the, is Fine. That's the one I listened to. Really? I, I loved love it. it. You didn't love it? No. I loved it. I loved it so much. <laughs> the concept was so cool. Yeah. No, it's just musically I didn't love it. And it is very, it's very wordy. Yeah, it I mean, it's, wordy. for me, it's all yeah. about music. It's like it musical yeah. in the sense of of me- of melody. Yeah. Oh, then you'll love Rhapsody. She's all okay. she has a lot of that. Yeah. She's very she's a wordsmith as well. Mm. But there's a whole lot of melody going right. on. Right. Like a lot of it. Yeah. Like No Name, I love. No Name's incredible. Right. Because she oh, she brings man. the words and the melodies and just yes. her voice. I'm like, oh, I just want to melt. It's like butter. It's like a it's like a jazz record. You listen to jazz. Exactly. Amazing. So I like that, you know, that kind of more left field. I mean, that she to me is really one of the most interesting. And then another artist that I discovered from a wonderful FMU DJ named Monica, Monica Lynch, who used to run Tommy Boy Records. Wow. She introduced me to a girl named Lika Lee. Lika Lika. Forty seven. Forty seven. Yeah. She's yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Love her stuff. Do you know Raven Linnae? Yes. I think oh my God, played that on your sticky show record? Yeah. Love that record. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, beautiful. She did a song with No Name, too. Oh, she did? Yeah, Montego okay. Bay. Ah, It's so great. <laughs> it's brilliant. Do you know Kalella? You don't love Kalella. You don't love Kalella? No. Oh, my and God. And I wanted want to love, because what she, you know, everything she represents, I would like, but musically, it just doesn't do it for me. You didn't like Frontline? I can't even remember what I mean. I listened intently, you know. My God. Yeah. No, I uh, give everybody gotta, yeah. a real chance, and if it doesn't move me, I'm just not going to bring it. You know, I'm not. I gonna, get it. Yeah, I, get I, it. I have to. I have to honor that. You know, that I am the I'm the vessel for this show. Of course. So. Of course. I mean, yeah. it's your show. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what about Cardi B? What do you think of Cardi B? Oh, I love her stuff. Oh, she's I mean, incredible. Incredible. She's so has... fun, and what like the mm-hmm. just the her cheekiness is just the best, and she's just so adorable. She yeah. has a good ear for a melody too. She does. Does. Yeah, a lot of yeah. great songs. Yeah, I haven't on... played actually anything. I don't think I've. Or maybe I played one song by her. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I haven't played a lot of her, but I don't know why. It's yeah. a very good. Yeah, she's t- yeah top. Do you know Kehlani? Don't love her either. What? Yeah. Oh man, I yep. love her. I think mm-hmm. she's so great. Beautiful voice. Yeah. Beautiful voice. Yeah. Rosalia. Songs. Oh, Aaliyah. <gasps> no, Rosalia. Oh, Rosalia. What the the Spanish? Yeah. Oh my god, I play her all the time. She's incredible. She's incredible. Oh, yeah. Man, that voice. Wow, and just like the bringing bringing that flamenco oh, sound. I mean, man. she's massive now. Magic. Yeah. It's magic. Yeah. She just released a new single yesterday that I was going to play on my show, and then gorgeous. It didn't have time. Such a gorgeous song. Yeah. All that kind of. Yeah. 
It's like I'm in a Spanish forest, you know, in 1590. You know, Rosalie. I bet she brings it live too. Uh, Yeah, she always sells out every time she comes to New York. Yeah, I know. I've never been able to see her. I know, because she always sells out. Yeah, you know, at work, uh, there's a coworker of mine. We both love Rosalia, Mm. and every time she comes here, I'm like, oh, she's here, but it sold out already. Yeah. So it's damn. You know what I mean? We missed the boat. Um, You're single of the week. Yeah. So what is the criteria? And what is the source that you pull from to, you know, for your single of the week for the so, segment? So I never know my single of the week until I start working on my show that week. Okay. So, and I usually like it to be something new, but if it's not, if and it, the requirement is, does this blow my mind? Um, did I just listen to it and think, oh my God, that's the greatest thing ever, right? Or, I, you know, it's like, okay, well, there's nothing new. And I just, you know, pulled out this old record from 1966 from the UK that I've had in my collection for years. Oh my God, this is so worthy. Let me, that will be my single of the week. Um, it, it's So I never know where it's going to come from, but I feel it always anchors my show. Because there has been times, actually, only a handful, where it's Thursday afternoon when I'm preparing and I don't have a single of the week and I haven't heard anything that's blown my mind. And I feel like my show is really disjointed then. I'm like, wait, nothing's excited me. Because the minute I hear something that excites me, like all of my, I guess, senses like are, are more open and I feel like I... Do, do a better show because of the excitement. So there are times when I'm like, I'm listening to music, new music for like four or five hours trying to find new things and nothing has excited me. I feel like I'm like wilting and I, I get panicky about my show. I, I feel there. like I feel like kind of like, oh, like I feel sick, you know, and then all of a sudden I'll hear something and I'm like, bang, you know, it's almost like a battery recharge. Like I'm sometimes I'll be in like the red, like 10 percent. And I, I just need something to kind of, you know, give it to me. And then I'm like, something like a single of the week will put me 100%. And then I'm like, now I'm ready to do my show. Yeah. It sounds so weird because it's all energy and it's all like, like I, I'm such a feeling person. So if like something that, you know, listen to something, things for four hours and nothing does it. And then something is so beautiful and, and is done with such talent or whatever it is that they've brought into the song, I will feel it 100%. Like, that is a song with integrity. Those are people who, whoever wrote this, whatever their intention was, they've brought, they put their magic in it. And when they haven't put their magic in it, I can hear it. So yeah. how do you discover new music? Um, I'm sitting online and just, I have a million blogs that I go through. People, I get tons of emails from radio PR people that, you know, say, you know, you might love this, just like random listeners telling me things that they love, going, you know, going to a restaurant and like here, you know, my ears are always out, like, you know, asking the maitre d' like, what's this? You know, you have to find out for me. He's like, oh, it's just on a mix. I'm like, no, I really need to know if I can. I don't know. I'm gonna, I can't. That's the worst thing when like you hear something amazing and you can't find out who it is. That kills me. So I'm my I have antennas all over me, like trying to find, you know, new things. So, uh, yeah, I'm the same way. Mm. I have every day I have pitchfork open, stereo gum open. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to whatever, um, you know, whatever pool I'm on. Are Mm. you on any record pools that you get? I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, So there's that. Mm. There's going to shows, taking Mm. for the opening act. Yes, exactly. Opening act. That's always a good thing. And asking people, so what are you listening to now? Mm -hmm. It's that simple. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love recommendations from people because that means it's come from, you know, someone is excited about something and they want to share it with you. So I've always find that a lot of recommendations are great, you know, where it's like, 
you know, filtering through a lot of blog stuff, you're just kind of like, Ugh, you know, because people just throw anything up. Yeah. And, and everyone's making music because it's it's we're, we're in a place now where like you can make music so easily and so cheaply. And that creates a lot of mediocrity. So I am going through a lot of me- mediocre. Crap, oh, yeah. You, you have know? to. And that's painful. <laughs> yeah. You have to go through the, the crap to get to the gold. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I would say I listen to probably around like 20 hours of new music a week to get to put a three hour show together. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, plus that, my old stuff. That's challenging. It That's is. very, very challenging. But I think you have a very because, uh, again, going into like the old, older stuff, mm. there's something to finding like undiscovered gems as mm. well. But always keeping that mentality. This is how I move about music. Yeah, you have the new stuff that's coming out, mm. which I'm always prepared for. Then there's like the weird stuff from like the '60s that no one's ever, you know? What yes. I mean? Yeah. Have you ever heard of this Puerto Rican band? I found out about maybe two years ago on the the day of the Puerto Rican Day Parade. I was doing mm. a show. The band is called Disconset. No. Yeah, they're from Puerto Rico. They have, okay. They're a garage band. Mm. One album. Yeah. One song floated on YouTube and a vinyl that's, I don't know how to get it or okay. where to get it. It's, it's amazing. It's really good. Really? Re- I, I like it. I think it's cool um, yeah. because I want to see like what my, pe- my people are playing this kind of music that I listen to now. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, undiscovered gems, you know, from the past, like that's my bread and butter, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like to do, it's like, I want to honor the artists that are making music now because there's nothing like the present, but also just digging into the past. I mean, my, that's what my show is. It's a fusion of new and old, like yeah. from, from the twenties till today. You know, from like the day of release. <laughs> and I think there's something too about uh, older records that age very well. Because mm. I was really curious because I, I love Nirvana. Mm-hmm. So I, I was curious to see if Bleach still, you know, will age very well. Yeah. And How it's does it 30, sound? Oh, great. Great. Still I bet great. it does. It's still great. Yeah. Floyd to Barber still hits the way it should hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, talk about a band that was just like filled with integrity and magic. I mean, they yeah. just... Oh. Stereo Labs albums oh, yeah. 20, oh, yeah. 30 years ago still like still blows my mind. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, they're t- almost timeless. Mm-hmm. Just the the what they bring to their productions. Yeah. 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 Couldn't agree more. So I wanna ask um mm-hmm. one of the main reasons why I brought you on here, because yeah. over the last couple of years, um, I've been really trying to not really investigate, but trying to like understand pop music Mm. and what it means and what it means to different people Mm. because you know when I was in high school early college years that was kind of like my snob period because oh everything sucks and blah 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 blah. nothing is real everything everything is pop Mm. mainstream whatever that means yeah you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but my favorite album is bad Right. I've always listened to bad every stage of my life and that's a big pop record Michael Jackson's the king of pop right so I didn't. I, I didn't understand. I don't. Looking back, I don't understand my snobbery because mm-hmm. I love. Always love pop records. I'm always looking for melody. Yeah. So I guess you know my first question in this realm: What is pop music to you, and how can you define it, and can you define it? Oh. I threw a lot at you. Yeah. Right now. I mean, that's a very hard word to define. I mean, pop is short for popular. Yes. And I believe popularity comes out of melody. Because I feel it's like it's the, mel- you know, like a Beatles record that I can just hum a cappella and you just you get it right where you can't really do that with a lot of other types say like rhythmic music. It's very different. So I think melody, I think melody finds a way kind of can connect to our our emotional 
life, our in our inner emotional life somehow. I mean, you know it when you say, listen to Smooth Criminal, and it's like, Eddie, are you okay? When you hear that melody, yeah. I mean, I almost like just singing that, I feel my body, right? I feel yeah. like, so, God you know, right? So I think that, and that, and that, therefore, that feeling and we us wanting that feeling, whatever brain chemicals it induces, um, leads to popularity you want more of it you know like a you know yesterday by the beatles right just these kind of songs are just like oh um so so i i believe like my definition of pop music is melody and and i think there's all as much as there is a very pure love of melody and i think you can see this with kids because there's no snobbery when you're a child you just don't even know what that means right you just you are just you are open as a child. And as we grow grow up, we start to shut down because of society, right? So, But a child is not going to be impressed with something that is kind of cool. It's all about can, can they connect with it melodically. And so that is essentially to me like pop music, which is why, you know, say, uh, you know, as a, as a five-year-old, like Michael Jackson really resonated with me. Madonna really resonated with me. They make great they made great pop records, but then as we go old, as we get older, and we kind of we start to put all these kind of protections around us to be to survive, essentially, you know, which is to like, you know, being kind of having thick skin, being a bit tough, being a bit laid back, blasé, all of these things that like that stop us from being vulnerable. Those protections, I think, keep out the joy of pop music, and I think the more that you have those protections around you, um, the more you're going to be into like. That's not cool, man. And I think men have a harder time with this because I feel like men are very much um, kind of expected to be much more blasé and cool about things than women are. So it's like women. So and therefore, like then pop music becomes associated with women. It's like, oh, Britney Spears, she's so pop. And, you know, the men kind of look down on that. And then you have this whole culture of like cool versus pop. And then which which can also be cool is with the man pop is with the woman and then these kind of wars a little bit and i just think it's all bullshit and and i think to to get rid of our protections and and remain vulnerable and open to the joys of melody and pop i think are lead to an ultimately uh, ultimately a happier life and i hope that we can all do that that we can all you know find ways to let pop music in but like good pop music there's a lot of bad pop music there's a lot of pop music made with solely with money in mind you know and ha- I think there has to, has to be both like you know again the 60s it's like about talent and commercial you know potential um, and there's also people making just crap pop records so you also have to have a you know an ear to know like what's you know, or not even an ear like a heart to to feel what's the real deal and what's not so that's a very long answer of <laughs> what pop music is and why you know the idea of snobbery you know snobbery is 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 protection snobbery is is a way we we say like you know stay cynical stay blase because then then no one can hurt you you know <laughs> from the from a, a melody yeah. perspective is there uh, a single identifying factor to a pop record when you hear a melody. Does that make sense? Like when you hear a certain mm, melody mm, or multiple melodies for mm. different songs, can you pick one and say, okay, that's a pop melody and that's a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that know, make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, there is a, when there, I mean, I, I imagine like a musicologist can explain this really well because I can't because I don't have that knowledge. But I think there's this idea of a way that a certain melody hits the hits the note, right? Say a vocal melody hitting the supporting notes under it, right? The music that coming together where like that leads to your to your 
um, feeling something, right? Because it's like sometimes you can sing a melody and then it just sounds fine, but then you put that music with it and it's like, whoa, like it's like a magical explosion almost, you know? And um, and I, I think people feel that where say in a, you know, in a record that's not so, you know, there's melody there, but it's not meeting what's going on in the record in the same kind of way, then there's no kind of spark created. I think that's what it is. It's like it's like a match to a to a what do you call that other part? The matchbook part. <laughs> right? When those two it's like you can have the match and you can have the matchbook but they never meet, right? Um and so it'll like okay, fine. But then when those matches and match and matchbook continue to meet and cause the spark, that's like melodic magic that I look for in pop music. And I think we are all wanting out of pop music, which is why Certain pop records that can, you know, strike that match just right will stay with us for a long time. I think it's like when I'm listening to like a Michael Jackson record, mm. for example, you know, the idea of the song is like to bring out you have the verse here, you have the the chorus, got some harmonies in there, mm -hmm. the the sweetness of it, the mm. texture of it. And then you have like a Wu-Tang record where it's just the grimy and grittiness of it it's not about or like rock him it's mostly just about it's not about okay we have this melody here this chorus here you yeah know, it's there not is, about that right yeah, yeah Even though different it's there mm. it's there but that's not the the focus of it exactly yeah. that's not the focus yeah like the james bound record that you know rock him sampled mm. that has a melody to yeah. it but the overall song that he's crafting mm. it's not about even though he has a song check out my melody it's like <laughs> it's ironic right <laughs> but the idea he's not trying to harmonize with Eric B. You right, know what I mean? Totally, totally. No, I mean, it's a totally different world. And I mean, that's why hip hop is so interesting because hip hop is also very aware of the of the need for melody, which is why they're sampling from all of these great records, right? It's like, oh, we want that that hook. Is A hook is a hook, right? We yeah. want a hook. We need a hook. So it's, it's taking from that, you know, that stuff and reworking it in a new context. But I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't get excited about that so much because I'm just constantly looking for new melodies. You yeah. know, that I want to I be where the melodies are. Yeah. Essentially. I, th I think mm. I'm the same way, but mm. I find it in many different places. Right. You know, when yeah. I'm listening to like a Ty Siegel record, that dude, homie, is all about melody. Okay. You know? Yeah, see, I don't, I don't listen to him, so I don't really know. Oh man, yeah. I think you would love him just from okay. that perspective right. because he ha the reason why I like him so much because he has a lot of melody. Mm. He has a lot of harmony, melody. Yeah, he has a lot of scorching riffs, mm. but I see the beauty. I see past the fuzziness. Totally. And yeah. I, I'm picking out the the beauty in it. Yeah. You know, um, like my bloody Valentine. It's all melody, oh, but it's yeah. so. I mean, it's like a wall of sound of like of melody. <laughs> And, and it's and it's not in the same way as Michael Jackson, but yet it's still there. Right. So I'm with you that it's like there's so many different ways of doing it, right? It doesn't have to be just a obvious like verse, chorus, you know, melody sitting on top of the music yeah. and harmonies coming in like Michael Jackson does it. There's many different ways. But there, it's also very hard to do it well, I think. So it's I'm very always hard. very, I'm very discerning. You know, it's like, ah, I see what you're trying to do there, but you're, you, you haven't nailed it, you I know? See. And I think there's a lot of also, you know, because of say the nature of of new like wanting things new all the time and the amount of blogs that are out there and their amount of you know humans that are out there wanting to promote things people i think get overexcited about things that don't deserve excitement i feel like i can i can spot the artists that i know next year like no one's going to care about them that it's all image i mean say one of those artists to me is fk twigs i think she's terrible you know, you know what it is about? F there's something about <sighs> there's not, her. It's Emperor's New Clothes. There's nothing there. 
<laughs> right. And, you know, I think I think she is talented. She mm. has a talent. Great dancer. But Great voice. But when I'm listening to some of her songs, mm. especially her new album, mm. I'm just hearing, I'm, I'm not, I can't pull anything from it. You there's know what nothing, I mean? There's it's nothing. There's nothing. Exactly. To, yeah, it's just yes. air. And it's like. It's air. Yeah, and she's right. saying, here's beautiful air that we're going to market so brilliantly that you're going to think I'm really deep, that you're going to think I have a lot to say, that you're going to buy into my like ballet and my beautiful performance and my amazing looking face and the whole package but when you go and dig into the package it's it's air you it's, know it's, there's so nothing I just, like, there yeah. yeah and like i i am so against that and actually i find that really offensive there are a lot of artists like that i don't want to just pick on her yes um and because it does nothing to us like air cannot like air meeting us is is gives us so little but like melodic magic you know s- certain rhythms you know certain styles like that stuff is like that's the that's the meat that you just want to sink into bite into every day yeah mm. yeah so um i want to ask you about like pop as a genre mm. but i want to bring up cocktoo twins for example yeah. elizabeth frazier like it's all about with her it's about the sound not what is being said oh, and she's that. cultivating just Man, it's magic. Yeah. And then I'm listening to like to like Young Thug and, and Gunner and those guys, and they're doing a similar thing. Okay, I don't know them. Oh man, like they're doing a similar thing to Elizabeth Frazier? Yeah, because really, it, they're saying things. Okay. That, it's not about what they're. Oh, saying. it's not. Oh, it's about just like the the words. They're creating a yes. sound. It's a, such oh, a unique I'm so sound. Now. Yeah, and it, like with Young Thug, like. Okay. Um, it's kind of uncomfortable. The first time you, the first time I heard him, I'm like, "This is awful." Oh. But then he made some songs. So I'm like, "Okay, this is really cool. Like, I okay. like what you're doing, and you, you, your sound, your sound sticks out. Mm. It's not about what it's you're saying. Or future is another example. It's right. not about what you're saying. Yeah. You're cultivating a sound. Yeah, I and love that. That's, that's so it. free. That's yeah. So that's like. I mean, yeah, I mean, Elizabeth Frazier's like made up language. It's like, you don't even care. You I don't know you what know? she's saying. Who cares? It's yeah. like, it's, but that's, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that because I'm not like lyrics to me are when they're great, they're great. Most yes. lyrics are not great, but the melodies, it's like, you can sing, you know, yesterday, but you can also go, whatever it is. <laughs> and that'll be as good as yesterday. Like I'm happy with the da da da's because they're conveying a, a musical message yeah. and the, and the or melodic message, the melodic message is so much more interesting. So that's what Elizabeth Fraser's doing, just conveying a melodic message. Who cares whether it's done through like I da 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 da. Yeah, it's like scatting. Yeah, like scatting. Yeah, yeah. I think I think in the hip hop world, there's like a there's like a divide. Like, oh, there's no lyrics anymore. I'm like, yeah, it's there. It's just with with hip hop music, it's there's people that are just cultivating a sound, and there's people that are like they're trying to move you with their words. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I think both. I think both can coexist very well, and yeah. I think it just opens up the floodgates of music and creativity. Mm-hmm. So, um, pop music as a genre—is okay. it a genre or is it an idea? Because what we were talking about, like yeah. we were just—it's concepts. Yeah. You know what I mean, so is it a, like when you go to a record store, should pop have a category? I don't think so. I no. think it's okay. too. I think it's. I mean, because anything to me with melody is pop, and I think the I what is now the pop genre is so awful. It's like. It's what people think pop is, and that means super glossy, overproduced, usually like a high-pitched vocal that can be kind of annoying, Um, 
really I don't kind of a lot of obvious melodic lines, you know. And I and I, th- 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 this is also vast. Like in 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 the pop genre, there's Madonna and Beyonce and you know great artists that are making great pop records. And there's a lot of bad. <laughs> I feel like especially now, there's so many people making pop music because pop is in some ways not cool again but pe- but it's kind of like there's a big indie scene of pop music and i think a lot of that pop music is quite bad because it's just thinking oh we want to make it real like open to commercial ears but like they don't get what that's that, that's not the essence of pop the essence of pop is quality melody you know and like uh, like tapping into an emotional place so so pop is a genre i mean I, I actually hate it. I, you know, I just I, I use that word bec- as a as an umbrella for anything melodic. So that so that, that's one one reason why I use the word to kind of bring it back to to its element. You know, and so when I use it with certain people, I like oh I love pop music. They look at me like you're a record collector and you love pop music. Like it's like that snobbery comes in a little bit. You know, like ugh, like how lame. But I'm like no, you don't know what you're talking about. Like you know, James Brown is pop music. Um, you know, a lot of this kind of great Middle Eastern stuff from the 70s is pop music. Yeah, you call it funk or whatever, or disco, but like these are pop records. So just the, I think pop has a terrible name because it's been cast in a very narrow place that has defined a lot of very bad, vapid music. So I, I consider everything I play on my show pop music. And I'm sure people would, you know, prefer to call it cooler terms like funk, soul, or disco, which is, you know, allowed you know, in, in cooler circles. Well, what happens when like a band like Nails, for example, who makes really grimy, hardcore music, what happens if that hits number one? That becomes a big hit. And and Nails, they, their music has almost no melody at all. It's just brutal right in your right. face. And there, there's oh, no... Oh, so is that then nothing. pop? <laughs> right, right. Because it's popular. I mean, that's the thing. There, there are holes in all of these arguments, rightfully, because it's ne- it's never definable, right? I mean, we are in a period and have been for a long time where there's a lot of difficult music that is popular um, that is not necessarily melodic. So is that pop music? Yeah, maybe. But that's that's... You know, you can you can continue to unpack, and we 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 like we use these terms because we're humans, and it's easier to to be able to categorize something. But you know, the categories are meaningless in a way too. Also, right. So, so I now think, I am no, I have no idea. Now pop is so vast that I can't even contain it. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's the right. answer. Yeah, that it's not it's not definable, mm. and I I think it's really just concepts of songs that we we like the general public understands as what a song is Mm. and that whatever that is becomes popular Mm -hmm. like melody yeah that is always going to be at least right now going to be a the focal point in 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 music Mm -hmm. you know what i mean the first thing that you're going to hear is it hummable is the melody the harmonies whatever vocals etc whatever it is Mm. can you pick it out Mm -hmm. i think is there room for like an obscure you know, curveball in there, probably. Yeah. You know, uh, like Billie Eilish is making s- music that's like psh, yeah. out of this world, but she has this pop core. Oh yeah, her she's a melody writer through and through, and yeah. a brilliant one. Yeah, I mean yep. she's she's 
she she's doing pop music right. That's what I think. I mean, she's you know she's one of the ones that is really up there. I mean, most people are not melodically as skilled as she is. And she's young. She's eighteen. I know. It's funny. It's like that skill. I feel has nothing to do with gender, age, color of your skin, anything. It is. To me, it is a spirit. It's a. It's the spirit speaking. And I know this sounds friggin' crazy, but it's like, is that spirit in you capable of whatever whatever wants to work through? Are you capable of that spirit coming through you and bringing that out? And you either are or you're not, right? And people think that they are. They think, oh, I, I, you know, I, I can. I'm a really skilled guitar player. I'm a great producer. No. Melody and the, the, that stuff coming through you is a whole other thing. Like that is nothing to do with even skill. It's nothing to do with skill. Nothing. To, so it's just, it's it. I think it's magic. And can magic work through you or not? You know. And so we have those people where magic clearly works through them, like a Michael Jackson. And we have those that think magic works through them and present as if magic works through them, but there's no magic. You know. It's their their pop records are there, but they're not good. They're not they're not making your heart soar. You know. Right. And I think for me, maybe it's the same for you. There's little things about a song. It may not may not have anything to do with the, the chorus mm. or the melody. Like something about the song just kind of pops out at you. Yeah. You know and what and I mean? we a little share. bit of it. Yeah, yeah, and we and we and this is shared, you know. What I love about Spotify and I love that, you know, that you can see the listens and like how many people listen and you can listen to a record and you know what song on that record is going to get the most listens. Why do you know that? Because that song, there's something that magic in there that's going to connect with us all. I mean, music is a connecting force. So, you know, we think that like, oh, we're so individual in this. But like, no, we all agree that Billie Jean, you know, Michael Jackson is the bloody best record you know it's like it's undeniable most of us agree and like a lot of us and that's a big chunk of people and you can't fool people you can you can fool them for a bit and feed them like yeah this artist is presented as super cool or this or that but like they're gonna get exposed as not magicians at some point yeah we're gonna see like who's gonna fall through the cracks yeah i think a lot of the problem not maybe it's not a problem but what happens is people get wrapped up in an image. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like what, what somebody looks like and what they're saying on social media, but the music itself, what about the music? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like Billie Eilish, perfect example. Yeah. Her image is that she has no image. The best. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, how refreshing, you yeah. know? Image is so boring. Yeah. I find it, oh, it's like... It's imaginary. It, yeah. Yeah, it is. And, it, and you cannot... You cannot paint something that is not at its essence quality. You cannot put enough stuff on it to make it quality. No matter how much you dress it up, no matter how much money goes into it, you cannot, you know, you cannot polish a turd. No, you can't polish a <laughs> you turd. You know, even if that polish might be really friggin' high quality. Yeah. It's just not going to work. And like, but we're we're in such a culture that believes that that we're so image obsessed and and we you know, we 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 can buy into the fakeness for only for so long and then right. you know and i feel like people are really hungry for quality quality music i feel like there's not a lot of um artists that are high level enough making making magic you know it's fine there's a lot of fine stuff you know but it's not like whoa i you know we're not hit over the head with like brilliance like we've been you know we like we were a while ago i think uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that's wowing wowing me, but mm. I think what what is wowing you yeah. is subjective. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think, like back to image, mm. I think that's country music's problem. 
Country mm-hmm. music's problem is that it has an image, as stereotypes and images associated with it. Yeah. Like, uh, it's very white male oriented. There's a lot of trucks, pickup trucks, whatever, whatever. Oh, it, like, that image is, is, is plaguing it. Yeah. At least from, from a radio standpoint. Because I love, one of my favorite albums of 2019 is a country record, The mm-hmm. High Women. And have you listened to The High Women? I think I did, and I didn't like it very much. I love The High Women. And I don't even love country like that. Right. And I'm going back and I'm listening to Dolly Parton. Yeah. And she wrote some great oh fucking songs. Oh, my God. Oh, Dolly Parton is in a whole other category. You I, know I, what I mean? She's, to me, is the queen of, of it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love Dolly Parton. I think yeah. we get wrapped up in, in what people look like or what, mm. what, you know, what their stereotypes are. It's the same thing in hip-hop, too. Some yeah. people don't like, quote-unquote, mumble rap. But, like, I ask people... Like who are these people that are mum- who are these people that are so offensive to you that are mumbling? Who are they? Mm. Let me know who these people are. Yeah. Because what I think and I think there I think there was a study done uh, years ago that people who were born after 1975 mm-hmm. I think are more likely to slur their their speech. Like oh. yeah yeah like wow. th- what I've noticed that younger people they speak really fast in their in their words like I'm guilty of it sometimes yeah. they the, you know they kind of slur their speech a little bit mm. and um maybe there's more that I'm missing to that mm. but I think a lot of young artists that are just quote unquote mumbling they're not mumbling it's mm. just that's the way they 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 speak yeah. you know what I mean yeah. I don't know yeah so what do you think about the term sophisticated have you heard that being No around? I've never heard You've that You've never before. heard that uh-uh. what is I, it used for who um I don't. I honestly don't know, mm. but I think there. There's. Uh, I think what I think. I don't mm. know. My belief is that it's probably associated with artists that make pop music that aren't really super popular. Right. Are not adhering sense. to like you know left what I mean? field pop. Away, yeah, away. yeah, yeah. You've never heard that term, sophisticated. No. But um, it's. I mean, it's, it's stupid. Kind of, it's, it's a stupid it, term. Yeah, it's kind of saying like this is quality. Pop, pop music, music is right? not sophisticated. It's yeah, just, and that, so I don't really yeah. like that because I feel like why pop music is sophisticated. Just like there is some unsophisticated pop music, just mm-hmm. like in any genre, you know. So it's a little. I mean, it's hey, you know, we, we're humans. We come up with terms. It's fun. It, it can kind of categorize things that to make it easier. Like, but whatever. <laughs> right. So what are what are some artists now that you're totally loving my favorite artist of the two well actually not 2000s maybe let's let's say let's say from 2010s on because i think the best artist of this entire century so far has been amy winehouse um she's remarkable yeah but i love kadia bonet she's a an la based um how would i you know i'm gonna call her a pop singer but, you know, she's been categorized as R&B and she's been categorized as psychedelic, um, psychedelic soul, which is I, th- I think those two words are beautiful. So we can call her a psychedelic soul artist. She is about to have birth. So I don't think wow. she's going to um, be about to give birth. I don't think she's going to make music for maybe a little bit, a little while. But she's making such intriguing records there. Very melodic, but yet very spacey and hard to grasp at the same time. I see her every time she comes to New York. She played on my show in like very early days, so I just can't believe that I got to have who I think is one of the most talented artists on my show. She just sang on um, a record with Nicholas Godin, who's one half of the group Air. So his record came out yesterday. Her voice is just phenomenal. And when she sings live, she does covers of like she does a cover of yesterday. She does a cover of Diana Ross's "Missing You." Um, she does um, a song called "Remember the Rain," which is like an old New Jack Swing song. She's so good, but it's 
it's like she's going to get there. I mean, she's to me, she's like she's going to reach that those high levels, but she's she's still making music that's a little bit avant garde, and I feel like just a little bit more pop, you know, a little bit more um, kind of little less difficult, little smoother. I think, you know, she'll just hit it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with her. Okay. Kadia so. Monet. Um, I love an artist also from L.A. named Bedouin. She's a folk singer. She was, you know, born in Saudi Arabia. Oh. And she's uh, Syrian. Or maybe, maybe born in Syria, moved to Saudi Arabia. I don't know what her story is. No, she's Saudi Arabian. Um, and then... And then went to Syria, and then came to L.A. And she's making Americana records, so there's no, there's not even a hint of Middle Eastern kind of any Middle Eastern sound in her, in her writing. But lyrically, she's really beautiful. Just great Americana. Um, God, Limperatrice from France, I love. U.S. Girls, oh my God, U.S. Girl, do you listen to her? A little bit, yeah. <sighs> I'm obsessed with her. Wow, she's doing things that are just bonkers. I mean, she's in her own category. Live show is unbelievably great. Yeah, I've heard that. Like, she's great live. <sighs> she's so great live. Um, oh, my God. There's so many artists. This is what I do on my show every week. This group from um, Canada named Tops. They just released a fabulous single called I Feel Alive. Yeah. It's so sprightly and exciting. Yeah. Do you know Rina Sawayama? I do. And I don't like the new stuff I'm hearing. Really? Nope. You didn't like come? Was it come this garçon? No, no you didn't like I it. I listened to it two days ago. For I to liked play it. it on my show. I'm like, oh, no. I loved it. You did, I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It doesn't. It doesn't. Melodically, it doesn't hit. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very enthusiastic, wild sounding record, but yeah. it doesn't hit those sweet spots for me. Do you know? Um, uh, I liked Flicker. Flicker was really good. Remember I liked Flicker too. Very good. That I that that's the record I loved. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. by her. I'm with you. That's Ordinary what... superstar. That was a really good one. Yeah, yeah. It's very. Uh, she's very influenced by like a lot of the pop from the early 2000s. Yeah, she loves a lot of that stuff. You could tell. Yeah, you know, some Spice Girls in there. A little, a little Britney. Yeah. yeah, and some of that kind of those kind of that's like. I don't know. The Spice Girls were, you know, fun and whatever, but I didn't think they were substantial enough to warrant being influenced by them. And so I think a lot of the artists that are influenced by them, it's just too vapid for me. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's a little too dumb, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for me. Um, I'm trying to think of other artists that I've been. Well, Suburban Girls, man. Okay. She yeah. is. She's the one. Well, I don't. I don't know, but yeah. I, I just think her music is just absolutely remarkable. Yeah. Um, what are some albums that you're looking forward to this year? Some of your anticipated. Well, the U.S. Yeah. Girls album. Oh, U.S. Girls, okay. I'm like counting the days. Um, oh, who else? I just got a. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I have a whole list of records that I'm like excited about, and now I can't. I can't remember them. I'm looking forward to Rena's album. You and are. And Ma- Megan The Stallion, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to mm-hmm. listen to them with an open mind. I always do, you mm-hmm. know. I-, I don't want to not play certain artists on my show, but it has to be good. I mean, of you course. know. I mean, there's there's certain artists where I like I'm like obsessed with this artist, and I'll talk about them on my show, and then they'll release a new single, and I'm like, ugh, I won't even play it, you know. I'm like, I'm not going to support. I, I have no loyalty to anybody unless they make great pop, great I see. records. Yeah. Do you know uh, Caroline Polachek? I do. Lift? And Did you I, like her album? I don't like her album, but okay. I love two of the songs off it. Yeah. I Which ones? love "So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings," yeah. killer, and I love "Door." Door is great. <gasps> 
Love that. Wow. Her. I yeah. mean, just the fact that she does a chorus, like such a repeat. The door, yep. look at the yeah. door, look at I the door. I love that. And I'm running through. Yeah, it's Oh, beautiful. my God. That, to me, is that's a record of the pop record of the future. Disappointed in her album, though. I didn't like the album either. I thought it was kind of boring. It's boring. Yeah. No magic. The, ma- the magic is in those two two songs, especially Door. Yeah. Um, I did like the last chairlift album. I did too. Moth. It was so yes. Moth we had to Romeo flame. was like Romeo my favorite. Was great. Ah! Yeah. It was so like boom. Oh my god. Can yeah. I tell you that I do not I have not had conversation with someone as musically knowledgeable as you about new music. Like I really? really like there's not one person that I can talk about like the last chairlift album with and also knows, you know, everything else you're talking about. It's amazing. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Can you come to WFMU, please? <laughs> I actually um, unofficially met Caroline Polachek. Oh, you did? At the Guga Muga Festival in Prospect Park, oh, 2013. Yeah. Okay. What they was she it, like? Um, well, I didn't like... It was weird because Chairlift was doing a DJ set, right? Mm. And there wasn't a lot of people there. And I was, and she was like, hello. And I said, hi, I waved. Yeah. And then later, later on, I think the Flaming Lips were going on. It, I, or maybe it was between Flaming Lips and Yeah, Yeah, Yes. Mm. Or no, 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 between the darkness and the Flaming Lips. Okay. And she was walking by and I was in the front row. And I waved to her and she recognized And I waved to her. Uh, I waved back and she had a drink in her hand. She was like, you want some? No, she didn't say anything. Uh, okay. She gestured. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> But because I don't drink, right. but it that was a cool interaction. That I don't is think cool. she, if I ever meet her, I don't think she'll ever remember that right. at all. But it was just a cool interaction. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. She she's a great songwriter and she's mm-hmm. doing interesting things. Here's another. I mean, I don't yeah. think she has an album due out this year, but I'm always hoping she puts out an album every year, and that's Janelle Monae, who's like, oh. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> her last album oh, it was so Incredible. good. That song "Screwed" it was so fun. Yep. Well, there there's a record that I had a hard time playing on my show because it's yeah. like you. You know, we're screwed. Let's get screwed. You fucked it all now, or something. Yeah. We fuck it all back down. <laughs> that, but I played the clean version a lot. I love that record. The album closer on the on the last album. What was it? American. Mm. Oh. oh my god, I love that song. Yeah, channeling a whole lot of Prince. Oh, I mean, yeah, you know. That's my only problem is like mm-hmm. I think she's good enough not to be need to be so Prince. Like she can be her own it. person. She's I mean, even when you see her live, she is Prince. Like every move she makes, her whole her outfits. I mean, it's just like you're Janelle Monet. Like you are fucking amazing. Like yes. you don't need to like we had Prince. Mm-hmm. You are you. Like own that shit. That's how I feel a little bit about her. But I love her. Pink I, was a great song too. What? Pink. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. So in that video. Oh, so great. Man. It was oh, incredible. She, oh, and just seeing her live. She's such a good live performer. I have to see her live. You have I missed her at the movie theater. Sit on her. Oh. You my gotta god. get those tickets immediately. I've been so lucky. I saw her on her first albums tour when I was wow. living in London. Yeah. Holy, I was like, this woman is phenomenal. And then it like took a while for her to make another record. She takes a, a, a little bit of time in between her records. That's and great. Now, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I just want more. I want a new single by her every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the first time I heard her, mm-hmm. do you remember B.O.B.? Oh, the artist? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. So she was on his first album. Oh. And they did like a different version of the Vampire Weekend song. Um, oh, okay. The fuck was it called? Oh, no. I forgot the name. Shit, oh, but so if she yeah. was one of a feature on yeah, that. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I was blown away. I'm like, wow, who's that? And yeah, I just, just I've been package. in love ever since. So yeah, nuts about her. Um, so what are some trends in music that you're noticing that you that you love and don't love? I'm I am noticing a 
a a plethora, a, a, an abundance of mediocre melodies, you know, that people think that they're hitting the sweet spot and they're not. So I'm I'm noticing certain vocal styles that I find extremely irritating, Same. like like the female wispy folk voice oh that I can't stand. It's so narcissistic to me that voice because I feel like they're singing to themselves and they're like, oh my god, look how look how like precious and gentle and like beautiful I am and it's like it's not about they're not giving anything they're it's like they're holding up a mirror and singing to themselves I find it so narcissistic so I hate that wispy you know it tends to be like the wispy white girl voice you know um it's well I mean a lot of British artists sound like that um and then there's this kind of really piercing pop voice that I also don't like but I know a lot of people like it so most pop most kind of left field pop records I can't listen to that are coming out now because of that voice. And it's just very grating. It's um, like, I don't even know if I could imitate it. It's just like, it's almost like Valley Girl style. It's like, uh, like, oh my God, like, uh, 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 you know, really like, <laughs> like not, I like, I don't know. It's just too piercing. And I, I wish I could think of an example of an artist. Charlie XCX like, is guilty of that sometimes. At yeah. Some points. Point. Yeah, at some points. Point. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just I don't like that voice. It's too it's Gaga does it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's what's the, it's an at vocal affectation. Uh-huh. And I feel when you have a vocal affectation, you're putting a wall between you and your listeners. Like you be you. You know, and I know that's hard. Like being yourself is one of the hardest things, one of the biggest challenges of humanity. Because Taylor the, Swift does it sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. Um it's just like it's just off putting. I don't know what it is, you know, but, you know, there are there are trends. It's like, say, after Amy Winehouse, every single singer tried to sound like that. And they all sounded terrible, you know, right. It was awful. Everyone's like that. Whatever they voice, they're trying to be, you know, it's like Amy Winehouse was being Amy Winehouse. You know, yes, she sounded like a lot of soul singers before her, but that was that she was not being disingenuine. You knew Mm -hmm. that when you were hearing her sing. Everyone else is just trying to, trying to copy, you know, and the artists that are trying to copy Beyonce, you know, just any the copying and the lack of, you know, authentic authenticity and vocals is really sad. To there's me. wearing your influences on your sleeve and there's putting on their T-shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. There, there's a certain vocal style that gets on my nerves mm. and I can't describe it, but it's very it's breathy mm. and there's a lot of like over enunciated vowels right. towards, towards the end of every phrase and it's nauseating mm. i almost can't listen to it yeah and i hate to throw her under the bus but jesse reyes does it sometimes you know jesse reyes no okay but that's an example okay but i like jesse reyes but yeah. some of her are some of her songs are unlistenable because mm. i hate that that vocal style and it's not just her it's plenty of other artists that do it yeah and i can't stand it right i just can't stand it yeah you know what i mean i don't know what's who's who did that song psycho that like matt massive top 10 hit like you're so psycho i forgot the name of it but it's just so it's like it's a good song it's a fine song it's a well-written pop song but just the vocal it's like it's like a it's just dumb you know it's a dumb sounding vocal i don't like that I mean, if you're doing dumb in, a, in like a cheeky way, like say like who's that girl that did um, 
that bass, that beat, that um, uh, all about that bass, right? Megan Trainor. Yeah, that's yeah. a novelty, like kind of like airy air airhead kind of record, right? But it's a good record. It's a quality pop record, and it was done with like a cheeky kind of wink, right? That's fine. But when you're kind of making these records that you want to be taken seriously, and they're all like, eh, you know, it's just a bit dumb. Yeah, but, I get that. You know, I'm not 12, and I, a 12 year old might find it fun, and I, I totally val, you know, validate that experience. Right? I don't want to invalidate their liking of something like that right um yeah yeah i think Whoa. that's all i got sheila b we we dug Thing. in yeah we could have <laughs> i have to like contain myself because we can we can we can go off I know, on you, for you, hours because I, I love getting deep about music yeah and yeah not a lot of people can do that and like you are like whoa you're like right in there and you're so <laughs> articulate with everything like, that you're Tried. mentioning like amazing that was so fun i'm like whoa <laughs> Sheila B. All right, plug your plug away, plug your show, whatever else you got going oh, on. Oh, okay. It fly. Yeah, my show is called Sophisticated Boom Boom with Sheila B. on WFMU. It's every Friday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to wfmu.org. Playing you the best in female-fronted pop music from the past, present, future, and all over the globe, and the occasional man. And uh, I'm also now uh, writing songs. So I've written two songs, uh, two co-writes with the band Saint Etienne. I'm writing more for them. Look at and you! I'm starting my own music project. So what? Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, that's my. That's where I'm putting all my. You love. know what? My standards are going to be over here. Because <laughs> how you how you come up? <laughs> yeah, how you come at music? How you come at artists? Man, you got to bring it. <laughs> I'm you gotta bring, bring it. it. That's the only way. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. So that's my. This I've never. You know, I was in a band when I was like 15, but yeah. I've never. I've never been a, a creator. It's always been an enthusiast and a champion. So this is my first time stepping in the creative spot. And you know, the first two co-writes I wrote were for Saint Etienne, and they've been released. So I, I think. I think I can do it. There you go. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Thank Sheila. you. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Level 46, My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Don't forget to subscribe on all podcast platforms and follow me on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. It's Peter underscore A. And you can follow the show as well, My Little Underground, at MLU Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All right. Thank you again, Sheila. Thank you. That was fabulous. Peace out. (laughs)